Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, the legendary Jim Harold, host of Jim Harold's Campfire and the Paranormal Podcast, drops by and shares a ghost story or two and a few stories involving telephone calls from the dead. That phone rang, she picked it up, same kind of faraway sound, and there was a voice that said, stop digging the grave. Hey, David John Oates, the discoverer of Reverse Speech, is coming to Toronto October 18th, 19th, and 20th to present his shocking reversals. And you can meet David and hear this amazing discovery for yourself at Metamorphosis Greek Orthodox Church, 40 Donlins Avenue, right across from the Donlins subway station. On Thursday, October the 18th, you'll hear the reverse speech of politicians. That's 7 to 9 p.m., just $10 at the door. Then, Friday, October 19th, the reverse speech of hitmen, mobsters, and serial killers, 7 to 9 p.m., just $10 at the door. And finally, Saturday, October the 20th, I'll be hosting as David solves the JFK assassination using reverse speech, 2 to 5 p.m., $15 at the door. David John Oates, the discoverer of reverse speech, as heard on Coast to Coast AM and The Conspiracy Show. October 18th, 19th, and 20th, Metamorphosis Greek Orthodox Church, 40 Donlins Avenue in Toronto. For more information, go to reversespeech.com, a presentation of Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Hey, welcome to your Wednesday. The great Jim Harold is standing by. I feel like we're doing some kind of an exchange program, Jim and I. I was just on Campfire, his great podcast, and he asked me to retell a story I recently shared on my other podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. That was a telephone call I had received just over a year ago from my late radio partner and friend, R. Gary Patterson, and I received that phone call, uh, I believe to this day, several hours after Gary passed away suddenly. So Jim uh, is uh, going to uh, be here with some great stories of his own. Uh, before we get to that, I want to acknowledge a couple more people who took the time to email me to tell me a bit about themselves. 
where they're from and how and why they listen to Conspiracy Unlimited. Uh, here is one. Hi, Richard. I've been a huge fan of yours for years now. I reside a bit west of Waterloo, not far from your hometown of Brantford, Ontario. I really enjoy your program. You offer an insight, inquisitive manner of presenting the topics and have a knack of knowing the correct questions to ask your, que your guests. Uh, it's all done with mirrors, folks. I've, I've attended various events you have hosted over the past few years and thought I'd include a picture of you with George Norrie from nearly four years ago. I see that. Uh, I saw that picture, and there in the background at that event, sitting at a table signing books, was our Gary Patterson. So thank you uh, for including that. Keep up the great work. Thanks for the, everything you do. Tim Cressman. Thank you so much, Tim, and thank you for sending that picture along. Hey, Richard, my name is Joe Lambert from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm an independent contractor for a private courier company, and as such, I log about 10 hours a day and between 250 and 300 miles daily. You and your programs keep me company during those long days, and I appreciate all you do. As a huge classic rock fan, I especially enjoy the work on Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, and I'm very much looking forward to future shows. Thank you for keeping me educated, informed, and entertained during those long days. Keep up the great work. Your brother in Christ. Thank you, Joe. God bless you. Okay, let's get to Jim Harold. Jim Harold is among America's most popular paranormal podcast hosts. With his free programs, The Paranormal Podcast and Jim Harold's Campfire, Jim has developed a loyal following over the last, well, 15 years, I think. Over a decade of working on the business side of media, Jim decided it was time to dust off his broadcast training and step back behind the mic. A lifelong interest in the paranormal combined with his love of broadcasting and technology have resulted in some of the most successful successful podcasts of their type to date. He holds a master's degree in applied communication theory and methodology and is accredited as a certified digital media consultant by the Radio Advertising Bureau. Jim has also had the opportunity to teach at the university level. Each of his five books have been number one supernatural bestsellers on Kindle at various times. Jim Harold, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you, my friend? I am doing well. So good to speak with you again, Richard. It just seems like we did it the other day. Likewise, yes, <laughs> and in fact, we did. And thank you so much for that opportunity. I was, I was telling you over the email. I think I, I told the the story of my telephone call from our Gary Patterson better on your show than I did on my own. <laughs> That's the way I like it. No, I know. I, I just, no, it was, it's such a great story. I'm a big fan. Uh, of course I enjoy this program and I'm a big fan of the rock and roll twilight zone. So, uh, it, it was, thank you for coming on. People love that story. They, they love that story. I got a lot of feedback on that already. And it's just been, I think three or four days and uh, just was a pleasure to have you on the show and share one of the best, uh, I call them head scratchers, one of the best head scratchers of all time. How long have you been doing Campfire? Actually, I just realized the other day next year it'll be 10 years. Oh uh, my, yeah. 10. Yeah, because I did, uh, my other main podcast is the Paranormal Podcast, which is an mm -hmm. interview show, kind of a la Coast to Coast, although not nearly not nearly as erudite and great, but but my little my little interview show, and that's been around since 2005, and I started that as a hobby, and then uh, I, I just did a special show in 2009 with people sharing their stories, and uh, uh, gee, you know, I got a lot of great feedback on. It. It's like, oh, wait a minute, I'm not the brightest uh, brightest bulb or the the sharpest knife in the drawer, but people, are, this really resonates with people. Maybe this needs its own podcast. So that's how the campfire started. And the campfire is essentially that. It's an electronic campfire where people come on 
and they say, Jim, this happened to me. It could be a ghost story, could be a UFO story, could be a cryptid story, could be a head scratcher, kind of something that defies category. But whatever they are, people say that they're real and we take them at their word and let them share their stories. 10 years and, and, and 13, 13 for paranormal. So you were, you're what we call an early adopter. I'm a late adopter. I came to the dance in 2017. Uh, what did I know from podcasts? So you were, you were sort of in at the very, in the very early stages. And, and now you're what? 35 million unique downloads. I, like I think they said 36, but, but, oh. but, but, but again, you know, that's over, you know, 1500 episodes, uh, 13 years. So it's not as impressive as it sounds, but basically what happened to me, Richard, and I, you know, it, it came from basically the, the, the point that I didn't have, I, I went to school for broadcasting, uh, but I ended up working on the business side and advertising. And I looked up and it was 2005 and I had uh, two great kids, a great wife and a great mortgage and a lot of responsibilities. And <laughs> I said, well, I, I can't exactly quit this uh, middle class job and go start knocking on uh, radios. You know how the radio business is. You have to knock on doors in small markets and build your way up in most cases. Hmm. And uh, I said, well, that's not going to happen. But I, I heard of Adam Curry and Leo Laporte doing this podcasting thing and I've always been a fan of talk radio. I've loved Coast for years, obviously. And I was like the only kid, little kid in the 70s who listened to news talk stations when they were 10. So I thought, well, if I can't be on the radio, I could play radio. And uh, strangely enough, people started to listen. I got feedback. And in 2012, I took it full time. And knock on wood, so far, so good. Now, you were very kind enough to give me some advice in the early going when I launched. And one of the things you told me that has stuck with me, and, and it has since <laughs> proven to be so correct, so true, and that it's, I think this was the term you used, you said it's a little bit like owning a dairy farm in that you, you, can't, you can't leave it. You can't right. go and leave the cows unmilked. You have to produce every single day because consistency is the key. And, and and it's so true. It is. It's like owning a dairy farm. Have you ever taken a day off since 2005? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's ways to do it. There was a couple of years there that because I was working a full time job, I had gotten a management job and I kind of laid low for several months, really, really got going very consistently in 2008. But um, what I'll do around uh, Christmas time, for example, is I will batch record a bunch of shows and load them up. And, and, and then just the day they're due, I'll just hit publish and go back and spend time with my family. So I take time off, but you've got a plan. You've got to structure it so the audience doesn't miss you because guess what? If you stop putting out podcasts, they'll find out some, they'll find somebody who does and <laughs> they may not come back. So I always like to have a new, I will occasionally take a week off. I took a week off of campfire for the first time, I think this year, almost a couple of weeks back, but I don't like to go away too long. I don't want them to find somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they can't, they can't find anyone else. Not like you. Uh, so why don't you share, uh, a recent ghost story? How, first of all, how does this work? People, you invite people to call in, uh, or they send you emails and then you, you call them back if they have a particularly 
a poignant or compelling story and then they get to tell it on on your podcast. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's more of a case of we just um, we have a form on the website and, and it's gotten used to be, oh, well, I have enough stories for this week. And now we've got the opposite problem. Too many. So I will pause the form at times and say we'll be back in a month taking more stories. People will go to that form and they'll sign up and they'll give me some details and so forth and we'll get in touch. And my uh, assistant producer, Maddie, helps out with that a lot. And uh, we coordinate a time and they tell me the uh, they tell me the story. And the thing is, is that I don't gin it up. I don't say, ah, oh, you got to be spookier. I want people to say what specifically happened to them. If that's poignant, that's great. If it's super spooky, that's great. But I just want to be what really happened to them. Is there one recent uh, story that uh, I would say like uh, left the uh, or raised the hackles in the back of your neck? Well, you know, we, we, we've always got uh, a series of great stories. And uh, I'm thinking <laughs> about the ghostly abuela from uh, the end of August, the ghostly grandmother. And uh, I love the, as you know, Richard, the uh, you're in Canada, I'm in the States, but the international flavor of podcasting is something that is fantastic. And you can't get with traditional radio for the most part. I had a caller from Italy who had spent some time in the Dominican Republic telling this story. Uh, and what had happened, she went with, and she had been studying in New York, which was kind of funny. And she had uh, gone down to the Dominican Republic and spent some time with uh, a friend of hers. And the one night, uh, she's resting, and they had had some flooding and things, uh, and she had wanted to help this family and say, can I help work and help this situation? I said, no, no, stay in your bedroom and relax, and we'll take care of everything. So the one night, she hears this, sounds like an older lady, and she's uh, speaking in Spanish. And she's jangling keys. And she does this for, I don't know, an hour, an hour and a half. And uh, the next morning, um, she tells her friend, she said, oh, I felt so sad about that older lady. I don't know, was she helping with the cleanup for the flooding or things? And she, uh, and she said, no, there was no older lady outside. There was nobody outside. She said, did, she have, was, did you hear any rattling of keys by any chance? And she said, oh, yeah, I had rattling of keys. And uh, she said, oh, don't worry about that. That's just my abuela, my grandmother. Uh, mm-hmm. She's been dead for two years. That She does that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so nonchalant. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yeah. and, then, and then she said, I, I, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm remembering this correctly. You can uh, hear that, folks, on Campfire 367, but uh, at jimherald.com, just double check me. But I think she said something like, uh, did she by any chance come into your room and lean over your bed? And she said, Oh no. She said, Oh, that, that's good. That means she likes you. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still time. <laughs> there's still time. Yes. Yeah. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Uh, the, the story that you asked me to share had to do with a telephone call, <clears throat> excuse me, had to do with a telephone call that might've happened. Uh, from the other side, I may have received a call after Gary died. Uh, have, have you had any similar type stories where people believe they've received a phone call yes. from the other side? Yes. And I know that I will forget some of the ones, but a couple have come to mind was um, 
there was, I remember a unique name. I think his name was J-Boy. And this was uh, this what his grandmother called him. And I believe he had one of those older, uh, you know, physical answering machines that are quickly going the way of the... Uh, of buggy whips, and <laughs> and uh, it had been erased and whatever, and he was very close to his grandmother. And uh, one day he comes back, and this is probably in the the, the early to mid nineties, so we're talking older technology here. Uh, I can't remember if it was a tape or it was electronic at that point, but uh, anyway, uh, the machine had been erased. He didn't have any messages. His grandmother had passed. I think this was two or three weeks later. And he goes in and he turns on the, the answering machine because the light's blinking like they used to do, if anybody's old enough to remember that out there. And uh, played back and it was his gra- grandmother saying, hello, J-Boy, or something like that. And that's pretty scary. Wow. We had yeah. another one uh, with a woman who, uh, and this goes way back, um, and that was one where she had had a falling out with one side of her family, I believe. And um, it was her birthday and her grandfather on the one side of the family uh, had passed away, the the side they had the falling out with. And she always felt very badly because she hadn't been able to say goodbye or whatever. And she had a Latino name. It was something very distinct. And I can't remember. It's like Margalita or something like that. A very something you wouldn't hear in everyday conversation. And her phone rang. And she picked it up, and it sounded very, very distant. And it was, um, it was a voice of her grandfather uh, saying her name. And she thinks that. And I have one more that I just thought of that, that <laughs> I got to share. Now this one is freaky. Uh, <laughs> I mean, even more so than those. So anyway, there was this guy, and I believe it was in the Carolinas, and uh, he was uh, he and his wife had been hired to do some excavation. They had been um, uh, digging for a, excavating to build a highway. And they found, uh, they being the, the authorities or the construction workers, found some unmarked graves. And they brought this gentleman in and his wife, and I believe they were, they were some type of archaeologists. And this was their profession. And they had radar and all this thing. So if they found a couple, there might be more. And they found uh, several. And they were digging them up so they can inter them elsewhere. Uh, and these were unmarked graves. So anyway, this guy had spent one of his weekends trying to install a uh, extension phone. Uh, and this is several years ago, so people were still doing things like that. So he installed it. He went to bed. And uh, the, um, the phone started ringing, but just in his office. So he went to listen to it, and um, there was like this <laughs> kind of sound, mm-hmm. and um, and, and then uh, he he didn't think anything else of it. He went he went back to bed. So anyway, later that night or the next morning, says he said uh, his wife had the strangest dream. And the dream was, is that that phone rang, she picked it up, same kind of faraway sound, and there was a voice that said, stop digging the graves. (laughs) 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 And then later, 
she went into his office. And, and I'm trying to remember whether she had the dream or he had the dream, but one of them had that dream. And that's what it said. Stop, uh, stop digging the graves. And um, she goes into his office that next morning and uh, she calls him and said, she points at his uh, telephone, the one he put in, and said, did you put that there? And he looks down and what he sees is a picture of one of the coffins. Oh, and he no. said, no, I did not put that there. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing, and you know, Richard, the thing is, is that these, this guy's an archaeologist, a credible person. And much like your story, not someone that says, hey, because as I kind of joked on the show that we did, there are people out there who say, hey, you know, I talk to the, the aliens every other Thursday at noon and we have tea. And, and and that's not to say that people have a lot of experiences are, are making it up or mistaken, but I mean, you know what I mean. But I right, mean, right. when the, somebody says that rings true, yeah, there is there is doubt in the in the person's story. They admit, you know, I'm not sure what happened. I right, I, yeah, or this doesn't happen to me right. every day. Right. Although I do think there are, I mean, and you've talked to many, many people on Coast to Coast and on your programs who have gifts. And I do believe some people are more gifted than others, more sensitive than others. I say myself, I'm sensitive as a board. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, things happen. I mean, I'll give you a, a for instance of something that happened to me last year. Um, I was on a, a paranormal cruise with uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley and Micah Hanks, and I'm, I'm guessing you're familiar with both of them. Two of my favorite people. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as you know, uh, having done things like this, they have a conference room, and uh, uh, the organizer set up a very nice thing where we had like a, a kind of conference at sea. It was one of the sailing days, so we spent that day talking about um, different paranormal topics. And uh, I'd had a bit of a sore throat throughout the cruise. So on one of the breaks, I said, I've got to go get some coffee. I'm not going to make it. So anyway, uh, they put it right next to the casino. So you got to walk through the casino, right? Uh, good, good business. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, so I see one of the cruisers, one of the guests of this, our group, he's playing this big machine where it has a claw that comes down and you guide it and it try to pick up money. Right. And the thing of it is, was is that uh, my uncle passed in, in 2013 and he was like my second dad. He lived with us growing up. So uh, it was like uh, kind of like a TV show, my two dads, you know, uh, literally almost. And, um, but he had passed 2013 where we were very close and he loved to play those kind of machines in a store. I'm assuming up in Canada, you have it too. They have like stuffed toys in them. And That's things. right. Right. And yes. he would spend uh, 10 bucks to get a 99 cent uh, stuffed toy <laughs> made in China just for the sport yes. of it. And I specifically thought very intensely at that moment, man, I wish he were here right now because he would love this. And not only would he be able to play his claw game, it would be for money. Of course, he wouldn't mm. win, but he would love the sport of it. Not... Ten seconds after I said that, Richard, a woman comes up and stands uh, right next to this cruiser, cups her hand to her mouth and says, John, John, hmm. guess what the name of my uncle was. Yes. John. John. But the thing was, is that the universe, I think, 
with maybe their cooperation and the cooperation of a higher power kind of put things in place so we get these kind of weird communications. And sometimes I wonder if it's, you know, like trying to pull in a radio, an AM radio station from far away. The transmission might not be perfect, kind of like what happened with you with Gary and, and right. kind of like we're a big deal and some things that quite didn't make sense. But somehow they get that message across. And uh, I've had other things like that happen to me, and I, I believe they do happen. I've not been one of the people who has seen a full-body apparition or anything like that, but just weird stuff has happened. And you compile these, it's the best of them, in um, your, your Campfire books. How many? What volume are you on now? We have uh, five of those out, and um, they run about 230, 250 pages each, and they typically have about 70 stories in each one. Wow. And we have them uh, on Kindle and in paperback. Uh, and then I also have, of all things, a uh, coloring book, a campfire coloring book. I worked with a very talented artist a couple of years ago, and we put together, uh, you know, when adult coloring was very hot, and I think it still is. We put together, I said, these are the 10 or 15 stories I'd like you to do some panels on, and he did some tremendous work on that. And those are all over at jimheraldbooks.com. Hey, just a reminder that the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone is now available on Spotify. If you enjoy rock and roll and mysteries in the paranormal, check out my podcast, The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Check out this week's episode, part one of the life and times and sudden death of ACDC's Bon Scott. The Rock and Roll Twilight Zone, part of the Jericho Network in association with Westwood One. Now available on Spotify. Richard has tiny talking insects living in his sock drawer. We have bags and we are living in Richard's sock drawer. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Jim Harold from the Paranormal Podcast and Jim Harold's Campfire is here. It never gets old, does it? I mean, people no. have, we seem to have, as humans, have a need to share ghost stories, to hear ghost stories, to tell ghost stories. Why is that? Well, I think um, it speaks to our own curiosity about the subject. I mean, I think most people, whether they admit it or not, want to believe that even people say, hey, I'm an atheist. There's nothing. We're dead. The dirt nap, you know, get ready for the big sleep. Um, even people who believe that, I think they want to believe there's something more. And I think people love to tell stories in general. And then when you layer over that, that question about the afterlife, and I think, and I say in the intro on one of my shows for my premium club, I, I say something along the, the lines, uh, it's called Ghost Insight. I say something along the lines, isn't it our own afterlife we wonder about or something like that? The, the point being that I think in ghost stories is the, the, the seed or part of it is we want to know ourselves what's going to happen to us. Are we yes. going to be a ghost? Are we going to be, you know, just like that doorknob I'm looking over there, uh, unaware and it, it, the whole game is over? I don't believe that. I certainly hope that's not the case. So I think in a weird way, believe it or not, the ghost stories can be reassuring. Interesting. I've never heard it put that way. I think there's a great deal of truth to that. Of course, Campfire isn't just ghost stories. What are some of your favorite 
sort of paranormal topics that that uh, you've you've covered over these many years? Well, I certainly I'm a big believer in UFOs, and we don't have as many of those as I would like. But we have had people say that they have seen things in the sky, things that they can't explain. Um, and, and I'm a big uh, believer that there is something going on with the UFO phenomenon. Uh, does that mean that everything that is reported is purported to be true is true? Probably not. Probably a, a minority uh, of uh, reports. You know, there's so many things it could be, whether it's aircraft or now drones or those kind of things. So I definitely uh, am very interested in that. And we've even had cryptid creatures uh, talked about uh, on the show. And uh, it's, in fact, uh, about, uh, what, two weeks ago or a week ago, we had somebody, let's see, this would have been September 13th. We had a, a gentleman from the UK call in and he said that it was Christmas time, I think about 20 years ago. And he and some friends were going to get cigarettes. It was a different age. And they were kind of young teenager types. And they went to a store over in the UK. I think it was Christmas Eve or something. It was like a convenience store or something. And they said they were coming back. And he claims they saw a gargoyle. And all of the friends. Like those those little statues on the sides of buildings when it came to life? Yeah, essentially. He didn't say that it morphed into one, but there was a gargoyle. And he said it was interesting because as they were approaching this place, um, that um, they got a very eerie feel, a very strange feel, um, unlike anything they've, uh, any of them uh, experienced before or since. And uh, that's something that everybody there said they saw, they experienced, they uh, validated each other's uh, sighting. And, uh, Again, sounded like a very kind of normal middle-aged guy. Uh, nothing, yeah, nothing, nothing out there. Just he happened to see a gargoyle, and you know, the thing is, is who to say? Who am I to say they didn't? I think there's a lot of weird stuff. I mean, I, I mean, and you really go down the rabbit hole with some of this stuff because when I said to him, because a lot of times I, and I'm sure you do the same thing, you look at these things as a thought experiment. So let's let's put aside what we believe reality is about. What if that gargoyle did not appear in our reality, but what if somehow you crossed over into his or hers? Um, you know, there are a lot of questions about the multiverse. Uh, I'm sure you've done programs on the Mandela effect, which is really yes. a mind blower. So sometimes when we see these strange things, are they a part of our our base reality or are we kind of jumping the track into to other realities that's again uh, an interesting point i had um, my, my last episode actually i had ron moorhead on talking about yeah. bigfoot yep have you, have you have you talked to ron yes and 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 we played the uh, the audio Clips, recordings yep. of these alleged bigfoot vocalizations and of course ron's book is the quantum bigfoot which is an interesting theory, the idea you, you mentioned cryptids and whatever experience it is, the idea, you know, that there are at least 11 other dimensions that theoretical physicists talk about. Uh, and, you know, who's to say what, you know, what is inhabiting these, these other dimensions? Uh, how else to explain why, you know, Bigfoot can be tracked 
uh, and then all of a sudden the, foot, the footprints just stop in the middle of the forest. I mean, and, and they go nowhere or UFOs seem to flit in and out of our reality. So maybe the quantum theory is, is really at the root of all things paranormal. Well, the thing is, is that I just, and this goes to things like the trickster element, the more that you look at the paranormal, the more it seems to be messing with you, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, and multiple people I have talked to who know their stuff, like Rosemary I mentioned before and things, believe that there really is kind of a weird trickster element. Once you start studying the paranormal and you look at the writings of John Keel and things like that, it seems like it becomes aware and it, it kind of... Uh, John T.L. Tenney said, maybe the universe wants to play. Uh, And and if you want to play, let's play. Not saying it's nefarious or anything, but I do think there is that kind of morphing trickster element to it. I I think what is really reality is so much stranger and so much more complex than kind of what we've got figured out with our pea brains. I mean, if you had shown a caveman, or forget a caveman, uh, someone during the Civil War, an iPhone. I mean, can you imagine their reaction? What What is this, some kind of voodoo? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So just to imagine what what we still don't know. I, I mean, I think we always think, hey, we're really, you know, I'm sure, you know, people in Edison's time said, man, we're really with it. We got this light bulb. What are they going to come up with next? I mean, this has got to be the, the height of knowledge and technology. And I think any society pretty much is kind of prisoner to that at the time that they're alive. Oh, we're so smart. Those people back in 1950, they weren't that smart, but man, are we smart now? Of course, in 80 years, they'll be saying the same thing about us. Do you ever think maybe at the root of all supernatural or paranormal activity is some very, very prosaic explanation that all things supernatural are in fact natural. They're just not simply understood. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I use the, the, the analogy of the koi pond and the fish in the pond. Really, they can they, they have three dimensions. They see in front of them. They see to the sides. Maybe they can look down. Maybe they can look up, but they have no real sense of what's beyond that veil, which is the surface of the water. And every once in a while, we reach down with our finger and we break the surface of that water. To them, that must be like a supernatural event. Where? Whoa, what is that thing and where did it come from? That's right. That's an excellent point. I always think about Plato and the allegory of the cave. You know, the being chained to the cave and you're, you're trying to figure out what's going on and you can see, all you see are shadows. There's a fire, but all you see are shadows and you're trying to figure out all of reality being chained to this cave. So I think it's kind of like two sides of the same coin, same idea. And I think mm-hmm. that's pretty much, I think you hit it on the, the head. I think that's, that's um, you know, maybe we're the uh, anthill on the side of a, of a uh, intergalactic uh, superhighway. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to live long enough, though, to find out what that prosaic answer is. Yeah, and it, it, it's a challenge because um, I come from the uh, Christian background, and I still... <laughs> I'm certainly not what I would consider a good Christian. I'm not a great churchgoer or anything, but I still hold on to those beliefs. And sometimes it does, it's challenging when you're exploring this kind of thing, but I I think there's a way for all of it to coexist and make sense. But I do believe in a higher power. I don't know 
and I, and I think if I believe in anything, quote, supernatural, it is the absolute certainty of a higher power. Right. Because just to right. me, and it's not even faith. I mean, I hate to say this. It's not faith. But to me, it's common sense. I agree. All yes. of, if you look at the tolerances of our life to exist on this planet, you know, everybody's worried about five or 10 degrees one way or the other. Well, I mean, you know, you really got to be dialed in. And that all happened by accident. I don't think exactly. So. No, we're living in a very hostile universe yes. and we're in the one sweet spot. I mean, it drives my UFO friends crazy when I say, no, I think we are it. I think we're alone. I mean, that's not to exclude the possibility of interdimensionals, but I think this whole shebang was created just for us. Uh, and, uh, you know, whatever else that we're seeing are, are, are interdimensional, but, but we're the only sentient beings in the in the visible universe uh the invisible universe uh, that i don't know yeah i i mean i'm a little more open-ended on the question of life elsewhere but uh uh but i don't know i i i think something has gone on um you have all the people with the various uh, recountings of abductions and contactees and and certainly some of those are probably uh, hallucinations or made up, but I don't believe they all are. So I think there's something going on, but I have no idea. That's the funny thing, Richard. When I and I started from this, not only from the side of hey, I want to broadcast or I want to podcast in this case, but also from a legitimate interest in this subject matter. And when I started in 2005, I thought, man, this is going to be great. I'm going to talk to people. My first guests were one week. It was Lloyd Auerbach. who was tremendous. And the next week it was Stanton Friedman. You can't ask for mm. much better starting out. I, I, I no. for the first question was what, what is a podcast anyway? But, uh, <laughs> cause nobody knew. I said, it's kind of like an internet radio show and don't worry. Nobody's listening anyway. But, uh, <laughs> and they were both, but, but I mean, I'm going to talk to people like this and maybe I can get Brad Steiger on the light who became my favorite all time guest, the late great Brad Steiger. Yes, but anyway, yes. but anyway, um, I could talk to these people and, you know, six months, these people are bound to have the answers. I'll, I'll have all this stuff figured out in six months. And guess what, Richard, I have after 13 years, more questions than I had when I started. No, it's, it's called job security. That's I mean, true. If, if, if we, if any of these things are ever resolved, we'll have to start talking about, I don't know, the, the, the municipal garbage strike. Politics. Something. Oh no. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> I stay, I stay away from, you know, I stay away from politics. I personally have my personal beliefs, but I keep them personal because I like to talk about the things that we have in common. And I think, uh, and this is not to judge or, or say anything negative about people who do talk politics. That's certainly their right. And we need people who talk about politics. But for me, I want to do something that really speaks to everybody, uh, liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat, uh, Labor Party, <laughs> whatever. Um, and I think that we're all concerned about questions of the afterlife, questions of UFOs, questions about cryptids and those kind of things. So I, I, I love that because I think that's something that we can all share a common interest in and, and get maybe a little bit away from the you're bad because you believe X and then you're bad because you believe Y. Oh, and, there's, yeah, uh, there's a, plenty of that to go around. Yeah. How, do you compartmentalize your life in the sense that when you're not talking about this stuff on your podcast, you just kind of leave it alone or do people at family gatherings, you know, because they know what you do, 
they want they want to they want to share a ghost story or they want your your take on you know a picture they have of a ufo i mean do you do you get away from it purposely or do you just do you live it well i i mean if it comes up and somebody says something i enjoy i sincerely enjoy talking about it so it doesn't bother me i don't seek it out i'm not a paranormal investigator people think you know that i have a black shirt and i go around hunting ghosts i don't um it's kind of like i i compare it to in the old days uh, particularly the old days most of the sportscasters were not athletes. They were people reporting on sports and, and discussing sports. And that's kind of the way I look at my job. And I think it's good to have people who are not investigators uh, be uh, hosts and interviewers and so forth, because I think it's a different perspective. Not that those people can't do a fine job, but I think there's still value in having people who are a little detached from it. So certainly if it comes up, I enjoy talking about it. It's a chance to promote my podcast. It's like, Hey, get my app, <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> yes. but I don't, uh, you know, I cut the grass. I take my daughter to school. I, you know, it's a pretty, uh, normal suburban, uh, American, uh, life. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. I, I try to approach things much the same way. And I often worry that I sort of disappoint uh, people if they meet me out at a live event. They think and, you're going to uh, have you know, some horns think, on I, or something else. <laughs> yeah. They ask me, are you going to, are you going to try and storm the, the gates of the next Bilderberg meeting? No, I'll <laughs> probably be taking my kids to their piano lessons. There's know? another guy that does that. No. <laughs> hey, with apologies to Micah Hanks, who does probably the best Alex Jones impersonation I've ever heard. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> next time I have him on, I'll have to ask him to do that. Uh, because that may be the only opportunity we ever get to hear from Alex Jones again. That's true. <laughs> the way things are going. That's true. Well, Jim, always a pleasure. You're always so generous with your, your time and your knowledge. And um, I always enjoy spending time with you. Thank you so much. Now, how do people listen to uh, Campfire and the Paranormal Podcast? Yes. Um, any podcatcher pod software you use on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, on your iPhone or iPad, Google Podcasts, on your Android, Spotify on either, iHeartRadio on either, all of the major uh, podcatcher apps out there I'm on, you could go directly to my website at jimherald.com. If you want to check out the books, jimheraldbooks.com. And I also have a free app on all major platforms called Jim Harold Spooky Studio. And that's kind of nice because you can have it all in one nice package. And I will say I also have another show that's not quite as popular, but I think it's pretty cool. It's Jim Harold's Crime Scene. That's a true crime show. And the funny thing is I started that as a premium show back in 2011. So no, I didn't do it because of Serial. Uh, I've always been interested in that. I think it's kind of like a Venn diagram. I think a lot of people... Interested in the paranormal or interested in true crime, so you might want to check that out as well. And uh, Richard, as always, an absolute pleasure. You're an absolute pro. I admire your work, and it's always a privilege to spend some time with you, too. All right. Likewise, my friend. Be well. Talk soon. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'm going to let you in on what's in store for episode 124. Hey, this is Tony Merkel, host of The Confessionals, a blog talk radio podcast that brings you weekly interviews with eyewitness accounts of strange and unexplained events. From paranormal activity to UFO encounters to Bigfoot sightings, step into The Confessionals as we explore mysterious real-life stories. Check us out on your favorite podcast app or theconfessionalspodcast.com. Many thanks to Conspiracy Unlimited for having me on the air.
I'll see you all on The Confessionals. Coming up next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, the coming robot apocalypse. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.